is a needed Become, become the pulse of the revolution In the ranks of the masses rising Get up, get up, your voices are needed Become, become the pulse of the revolution In the ranks of the masses rising Greetings everyone This is a call to actions I'm your host this evening It's uh, September 28th at 8.21 p.m. Eastern Time. And today we got a special show for you guys. A, we've got a returning guest, and any avid listener of A Call to Actions knows the name Alex Hilton. He's the founder. Yeah, yeah. Welcome. Uh, you're the founder of uh, Lawless FM and also an open source software professional. And it's an honor to have you back, Alex. Really appreciate it. Oh yeah, I'm excited, Joe. Mm-hmm. Well, we've we've been talking a little bit about uh, a topic um, in our personal lives, uh, a topic that most people are not aware of, an act that uh, originated in the United States of America. That I feel that both of us have some grievances and issues with the act known as the Smith Munt Act. And I don't know anyone better to explain it than than Alex Hilton, and that's why we got Alex here today. Uh, so, Alex, uh, first of all, again, it's an honor. And uh, what exactly is the Smith Munt Act, or does it have any other names? And like, what is it, and how was it founded? Uh, well, the Smith Munt Act is it's it's what it's popularly known as uh it has uh an exceedingly long um name to it but uh as we know it in today's time it is actually referred to as the smith munt modernization act mm-hmm. um but you know a lot of people need to understand where it originally stemmed from and it actually uh this this act had passed back in 1948 and hmm. this bill was specifically designed to protect the American public from the American government propagandizing her own citizens. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think maybe what we'll do is we'll start kind of from the beginning and then we'll we'll kind of fast forward pretty fast to uh, yeah. where we are today with it. And um Absolutely. You know, the history of this is is crazy because when I actually walk people through this, I mean, their their minds are blown by it because no one really understands what's taking place mm-hmm. and um, you know where all this fake news is is necessarily coming from. And when I explain to them that it's really you who is paying for the fake news, uh, that it, it really just kind of doesn't really sit well with people. Um, but it actually stems back into uh, World War II. And, and during World War II, you had the American public, Congress, um, and, and for the most part, the American government didn't want to go into war. Um, there was a huge resentment of it, in fact, because of the you know what transpired with World War I, all the losses, and a lot of the things that had transpired from it. And... Uh, at that time, Roosevelt was trying to pass a executive order that would um, enable what's called the OWI, the Office of Wartime Information. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And nobody was having it. Congress and at that time and during that time period, people were much more aware of what was taking place within the political realm. Um, we didn't have as centralized of a, a, a conglomerate, right? Where right now I think it's ten or eleven, you know, major corporations own all the media organizations. So there was a lot of reporting as to what was taking place, um, and so Roosevelt was trying to push through this executive order, and nobody was having any of it, and America just wouldn't get into World War II because. Nobody knew about what the Nazis were doing and, you know, so forth. And um, America actually was about to never actually get pulled into the war until Pearl Harbor happened. And after Pearl Harbor happened, that gave uh, Roosevelt this basically carte blanche to to create this executive order. And he created what's called the Office of Wartime Information. Mm-hmm. And they created two uh, offices 
One was in charge of the Mideast, uh, the Middle East, and the rest was uh, in charge of basically the rest of the world's operations. And what they were doing is, is they were basically propagandizing American citizens in order to generate interest to going to war. Yeah. yeah. And the Smith-Month Act, after the war had ended, um, was actually passed by a gentleman named Carl Munt. He, um, at the end of the war, everybody wanted to shut down the Office of Wartime Information because, you know, propagandizing your own citizens is exceedingly dangerous. Absolutely. And at the end of the war, uh, you know, this, this <laughs> congressman guy, Carl Munt, he didn't want to end the propaganda campaigns. So what they had done is, is he wrote up a series of legislations that outlined what the American government could do to every other country in the world. Mm -hmm. um, but he limited and made it illegal for the United States government to propagandize us. Mm. <laughs> and this bill stayed intact. I mean, <clears throat> until 2012, when Barack Obama and the National Defense Authorization Act um, modernized what is called the Smith-Month Act. And it's now popularly known within the NDAA as the Smith-Month Modernization Act. Right. But when you start looking through at the history of the players of who really started this, I mean, it stretches all the way from every single Hollywood movie during World War II was actually being generated and given to the OWI, and they were basically rewriting the scripts so that way it fit the narrative or um, not just the narrative, but also the um, if there were going to be some allied missions that they were promoting, they were using the OWI as a means to push people along into that direction. Yeah, well, that's uh, really taking taking advantage of the American people um, at the the benefit of um, a a more smooth working government, um, right. right? And real interesting uh, with the modernization in 2012 uh, under Obama. And of course, I just want to make this this remark here is <clears throat> I believe that both <clears throat> both Alex and myself. Uh, we do not subscribe to one leaning, uh, left or right. We we look at it all and we make our own judgments. So, you know, this is, um, we don't really have a political lean. Just to, I, I just have to say that. Um, though in 2012, it appears that uh, Congressman Adam Smith who was a Democrat, and Congressman Mac Thornberry, who was a Republican, uh, uh, co-sponsored the Modernization Act. Mm -hmm. um, it was introduced 2010 and then was actually signed into legislation in 2012. Uh, what's interesting about these two um, congressmen, you know, but one being a Democrat and one being a Republican, you know, bipartisan agreement, a co-sponsored act, a modernization act, is that from the time this piece of legislation uh, was modernized in 2012, they both were receiving, through their campaigns, most of their contributions from areas of defense. Mm -hmm. mm, does that make sense to you? Do you... Um, it doesn't make sense to me at all, actually. I mean, it, it. I mean, I understand it. Yeah. But I don't think it's right. No. Um, you know, and I think, you know, something that we should actually premise before we get into this is. Yes, sir. The American government never stopped propagandizing the American citizens. There's always been propaganda. What the Smith Month Act did, though is it made it illegal. So if, if the American public wanted to actually take action against these people, they would have been put up for criminal charges and potentially treason. Mm -hmm. And the removal of the Smith-Month Act had enabled them, or the modernization of it, okay, which is basically the removal of it, had enabled them to basically lie to us at will. 
by a U.S. agency known as the U.S. Agency for Global Media. Correct. And a lot of people don't know that uh, the largest organization within that, so that group manages different media outlets. So the Voice of America is Mm -hmm. still a news organization. They're still putting out news all over the world. And I mean, it's just so criminal. I mean, it blows. I'm, I, it's, I ha, sometimes I just have to pause because yeah. I just, even talking about it makes me realize how criminal this really is. And, you know, we can correlate everything that's happening today and, um, you know, everything that's taken place. I mean, take a look at Vietnam, take a look at the war in Korea, the Bay of Pigs, uh, the Cuba Missile. I mean, there's so much that they've done to propagandize people in order to push us towards war or whatever direction they want to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I found most interesting, and, and we'll get into Barack Obama, we'll get into Donald Trump and yes. how he reauthorized this and how Joe Biden also just reauthorized this bill as well. Um, but some things that I think people should understand about like the Office of Wartime Information, when I, when I brought up that they were running all of the Hollywood movie scripts through them, hmm. I mean, they literally were running all of Hollywood's movie scripts through the Office of Wartime Information. I think it was Columbia, uh, Columbia Movies was the only one that refused to do so at the time. Wow. Every other major, you know, Hollywood studio at that time was um, giving the Office of Wartime Information like, hey, we're going to make a movie about X. Uh, Okay, yeah, we need to take a look at that and let me... Uh, we're going to go ahead and edit it so it's proper for, you know, what we want to do with war. Right. You know, and there were two main players, though, back in the day. Uh, A gentleman by the name of Elmer Davis, who was basically the voice of America. He was the guy um, that was doing broadcasts and he was taking the American public over the radio programs. Um, And he was putting out propaganda. So he, um, I'll I'll share a link with you that you can share with um, your your listeners. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll have a a collection of recordings from Elmer and and they can just listen to it for themselves. Um, You know, and Elmer, uh, he's really interesting, but he was more of like a Ted Koppel, you know, kind of guy. He was just more of a reporter that got put into that position. Yeah. The, the most interesting guy of this group is a gentleman by the name of William Paley. Hmm. And he is a Chicago, uh, he was born in Chicago. He came from, uh, uh, he was the son of uh, Ukrainian Jewish immigrants who had a really big uh, Chicago, uh, cigar business here in Chicago. Um, and he was in charge of he was basically the supervisor of the OWI for the Mediterranean division. He sounds like a guy that that would smoke cigars. Yeah. Go on. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And he ended up becoming the chief of the radio for the psychological warfare division at the end of the war from 44 to 45, which he ended up becoming, he ended up basically becoming the big boss of um, the OWI. But once the war ended and the OWI got shut down, this blew my mind. I I mean, when I actually came across this, I was shocked. But he, um, Paley supported and encouraged Edward R. Murrow for building a staff for CBS. Okay, this is CBS TV. Because Paley purchased CBS Studios at the end of the war. And he purchased it because CBS was a failing network. And he bought it for $500,000 at that time. Wow. Yeah. And you know, uh, when he put out shows like I Love Lucy, Gunsmoke, uh, Ed Sullivan's Variety Show, this guy put out everything. And he basically was the chairman of the board. And this guy ruled CBS with an iron fist all the way through 1987. And these shows that, uh, that he was part of... Um, I would say, um, building or create, um, is, is there a possibility that these, these TV shows could have been used as a way 
to uh, stoke the imagination or somehow uh, control the population by saying like, hey, look at I Love Lucy. This is how life is supposed to be for uh, a husband and wife in America. Um, do you, is there a possibility that uh, psychological warfare was actually being um, conducted on the American people at the time in the name of create, recreating a new American media culture? I, I mean, I would say without without a doubt, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, I don't have any proof for, I mean, I don't have anything other than the fact that this guy mm-hmm. was the head, basically the head propagandist of the American government yeah. and somehow bought CBS studios. And when it became illegal for them to propagandize people through the government, I mean, <clears throat> what do you think? I, I think, I, I, yeah, I think it was going on behind the scenes. Absolutely. hundred um, percent. Absolutely. Uh, influence, leverage, power, um, especially given his background, etc. Um, right. Well, and, you know, and that's what propaganda is designed to do. It's not just designed to sway. It's also designed to distort what the truth really is. Yeah. Right. So, you know, they'll put out propaganda on both sides of the aisle because you won't know right from left, you know. True. Right, right or wrong. You don't know what the truth is. Kind of like what we're seeing within this pandemic. Yeah. And, you know, that is the dangers of propaganda. So when you start looking at like the shows that he created and and what CBS actually had, um, I mean, yeah, I would completely agree with that statement that he was using this as psychological warfare against the American citizens. And the CBS, go on. Well, and, and the government was using him as a conduit. The CBS symbol, it's pretty much gone unchanged uh, ever since, right? The um, mm-hmm. the eye. The Columbia Broadcast, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. CBS. Yeah. Um, hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Crazy, isn't it? I mean, the well, fact that this guy could run <clears throat> the OWI and, I mean, that's... I mean, they're basically running all of the media through the OWI at that point, right? Yeah. And then he he buys CBS for pennies on the dollar at the end of the war. Well, yeah, part of yeah, part of war in the Office of Wartime Intelligence, a uh, part of that um, is psychological warfare, which is um, a type of warfare where one does not have to lay physical hands or arms upon another person through the use of things like um, influence through uh, commercials or TV or media of different sorts, um, things down down that line. And the CBS symbol actually being an eye, mm-hmm. kind of, you put these pieces together of course, you know the evidence would be really tough to find, but we're putting we're putting the pieces together, and and coming to our own our own personal um, conclusions on this. The eye is interesting. It is to me, you know, but go on. You know, but I you know I try not to look at just the sim. You know, I know the symbolism, and they mm-hmm. love to use symbolism and things like that within. Um, their organizations, but, you know, I found tons and tons of documents. I'm going to share everything with you that you can share with your, your listeners. Awesome. Um, you know, but I have a, uh, a, a document that uh, was written by Colonel Frank Goldstein of the United States Air Force and Colonel Daniel Jacobowitz. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, um, and this was written in, um, uh, when was this written? This was written in 1945, Psychological Operations, Principles, and Case Studies. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, this publication is basically about blending military and civilian psyop paradigms. And it's the entire write-up for what they're they're basically doing. I mean, it's, excuse my language, it's fucked up. Well, yeah, um, for lack of better words, I'd have to agree. Um, I'm not going to bleep that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you know, and yeah, and, and, and it'll list out for you everything from 
uh, you know, the case studies that they go through is uh, Iraq, uh, Panama, U.S. Viet Cong psychological operations. It is a huge, huge document. Um, But it's a fascinating read because you'll you'll actually get an inside look at how the United States government through the Air Force and their partners are basically putting psychological operations against not only ourselves, but everybody else out in the world. Yeah. And it was allowed to to be dispersed through our, um, you know, our brothers and sisters elsewhere on the planet because they lived in different countries uh, for for a long time, though, was actually going against its own act, the Smith-Munt Act, um, by recruiting this guy and having him control CBS, etc. And I'm sure there are more people, especially going forward, um, even before the Remodernization Act of 2012. But um, uh, And yeah. I do want to correct myself. I said 1945. I meant to... I just had World War II stuck in my head. This uh, this paper was put out in September of 1996. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it's been going on for a long time, though. Um, yeah, I've seen some documents as well that are, you know, going back many decades um, involving psychological warfare. Um, even you go to... You okay? You do a big, you, a you, deep dive. You can just go to the, you can go to the army's website, and they're actually if, if anybody actually wants a job with the United States Army, they're actually looking for people right now. Uh, they have a job description on their website called uh, Special Operations PSYOP, mm. and it says born from the counter propaganda and resistant efforts of World War One modern day psychological operations. Soldiers use the power of influence to shape the global security environment and achieve United States national security goals. Wow. PSYOP soldiers typically operate in small autonomous teams with other special op forces to develop relationships with the country's civilian population, mm-hmm. government figures, and military and law enforcement agencies. Right. So in the, in the name of national security, they are allowed to use deception and various other techniques as a way to get their goals uh, moving forward. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, I want to recommend to all the listeners, uh, one, and if you want to as well, before we carry on, I want to go up into Obama, Trump, and Biden. Uh, people who are looking for good research databases uh, to find uh, unclassified documents. I, I don't deal with anything anything classified. Um, only uh, public information, but stuff that would be considered the deep web because most people just don't know um, how to find it and government does not usually tell you that these databases exist. One being, if you got your pen and paper ready, is dtic.mil. DTIC.mil, that's Defense Technical Information Center. That's the Department of Defense's unclassified document library. Um, and there is so much there. Um, you can go to DTIC.mil. If you want a more detailed uh, URL, it's uh, discover.dtic.mil slash products dash services backslash and there's a little search bar at the top where you can search search the site for dod um, strategy and uh, technology reports Um, and there is much to find there including psychological warfare you know the use of deception techniques um, you know in the name of national security and stuff do you you have any database at all that uh, that you would recommend um off the top of my head right now, no, but uh, I will gladly send you over a list of every place I go and, and get my data from. I mean, usually it just kind of happens on my searches. Yeah. So when I go out and start looking for something, I'll get taken down a specific rabbit hole and, you know, a couple clicks of a link here and a couple clicks of a link there. I'm in some some strange database. Yeah. Publicly held information. But you are correct. They make it exceedingly difficult to find this information. Yes. Uh, we both agreed that one good search engine that um, 
<laughs> and it was kind of funny, like you were recommending an alternative search engine to me. Uh, Metager or, or uh, M-E-T-A-G-E-R. But I was like, M-E-T-A-G-E-R, Metager, Metager, uh, .org. Um, mm-hmm. And we hadn't even communicated on that, that, uh, you know, that we would recommend it for one another. It was just kind of funny when you said, yeah, you want a, an alternative? Here it is. And I said, oh, that's all right. I'm already using it. DuckDuckGo <laughs> <laughs> um, is decent, but yeah, Metager, Metager, however you spe- uh, pronounce it, is is pretty darn good. And if one's trying to find documents, search you know for what you need to search and then put a space, .pdf, and then you'll find the, doc- the, the documents. Uh, but uh, definitely databases. Databases are the, the best places to look. Um, they are, but I also find in regards to um, the Smith-Month Act, for example, and what's taking place here, yeah. you don't have to actually look very far to find the propaganda. And I'll give you a great example. So uh, the U.S. AGM put out a, uh, and this is basically the Voice of America, okay? And they put out a, uh, a big news report. Oh, my God, the Belarusian authorities jailed one of our consultants. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Belarus didn't like the fact that the United States government had a propagandist in their country propagandizing their citizens. Which is basically so psychological war. Yeah, they jailed this dude. Yeah. And... You know, a lot of people don't know because, you know, the Voice America, they put out what I mean, it is a very high end professional looking news website. But at the end of the day, it's propaganda. Yes. And they give themselves all these awards. And, you know, I mean, it looks legit. And I've been on God knows how many forums or social media sites and people are like, oh, my God, look at look at what the VOA is sharing. And I'm like, you guys are sharing literally the arm of the propaganda the propaganda arm of the United States government. Yes, sir. I'm like, whatever you come and share from there is 90% of the time is going to be bullshit because don't forget, yeah. they will mix in the truth with the lies to substantiate themselves as a, a credible organization. And again, uh, USAGM, that's the, U- the US Agency for Global Media. It's weird even seeing those words together. An agency for global media, an actual federal agency within the U.S. to control global media. Right. Well, and and underneath their organization, though, they have multiple groups, though. Mm -hmm. So not only is it the Voice of America, but they have um, their biggest organization that they manage. And not organization, let let me rephrase that. It's an entity. It's called the Open Technology Fund. Yeah. These guys build basically everything. All any technology that you're using, I'm using came from the from the OTF. I see that. Let me get here. Open Tech the Open Technology Fund. The OTF funds internet freedom technologies at every stage of the development cycle from proof of concept to on the ground deployments to multi-year efforts. This approach ensures that the U.S. Agency for Global Media Journalists, if you can even call them journalists, they're more like puppets, um, and audiences have the tools they need right now to safely access the uncensored internet while investing in innovative solutions to stay ahead of evolving censorship threats. In order to provide comprehensive support to internet freedom projects, OTF provides resources through a variety of implementation mechanisms. I got a problem with that. They say here, while investing in innovative solutions to stay ahead of evolving censorship threats, you actually got a a media agency in the U.S. that is pretty much uh, can legally lie and sponsor uh, media efforts to control the minds of the U.S. people. And you're claiming that you're fighting censorship? Right. Well, but in in a lot of cases, I mean, here's kind of the scary part about the OTF. Yeah. The OTF will find a technology company, okay? Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, Bobby, I love what you just made. Yeah. We're going to give you a shitload of money. And they'll fund your program. Hmm. 
Wonder what kind Understand? of it. You're being funded by the propaganda arm. One of the propaganda. This is like the one of the tentacles of the propaganda arm. Hmm. And they're doing it because you may be building it for something, you know, altruistic, and it has, you know, amazing potential. But that's not what they're looking at it for. They're looking at it for to control and or take that technology and utilize it for something else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the OTF and uh, the USAGM, and I'll, I'll send you tons of links uh, for you to share with your listeners mm-hmm. because people need to understand what this is doing. I mean, if you go to the uh, the U.S. Agency for Global Media's website, mm-hmm. they'll give you information and resources for COVID-19 all right there. So you have to ask yourself, you know, when people go there, can they trust it? I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't trust a single thing that's on this website. No, and that's a usagm.gov. usagm.gov. You it's can crazy. look at all. I mean, it's this goes so deep. It's it's mind-blowing. I mean, you know. It is. It, it just it, it it's difficult to even talk about because I, I get I get riled up just even talking about this because it's it's just so criminal. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have an office for Cuba Broadcasting. They've got Radio Free Asia. Um, they also have Middle East Broadcasting Networks. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we are propagandizing everybody in the world. And as an American, I'm not okay with that because that's our tax money that's funding this stuff. And they'll even show you their budget on their website. I I forgot what, uh, I mean, I think the VOA definitely gets the largest budget. I think it was something, um, it it was definitely a couple hundred million dollars the last time I looked at it. And they've got almost a thousand employees. Yeah. Yeah. Their their annual budget is uh, $252 million to... uh, There you go. And now that it was lifted in 2012, that this agency could be used in the U.S. Um, uh, Obama was president at the time. Um, That's right. And what happened, and, and, and this is where it gets really messed up, right? I mean, we all know the Patriot Act and how criminal that was and how unconstitutional it is. Um, And in 2012, what had happened is right before Christmas time in December in uh, 2012, uh, Obama with partial Congress. Okay, it wasn't even a full Congress session. They basically snuck this NDAA in Mm -hmm. and they snuck in the Smith Modernization Act in the very first Two weeks later, Sandy Hook happened. Kind of a distraction, kind of a distraction from what had just been passed and thousands of pages of a document. That's right. Well, and here's something important for the listeners to understand about the National Defense Authorization Act. It has to be reauthorized every few years. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the Patriot Act where it's basically like, hey, we're basically going to just take away all your constitutional rights, at, you know, for the name of defense. This is even more criminal because it's so criminal that they have to basically reauthorize it every couple of years. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, what I found and, and this is and actually it was Sandy Hook. That, once I heard about the NDAA passing it took me like a month to actually read and digest the bill um, mm-hmm. when it came. Yeah. So it had already passed and Sandy Hook had already happened. And once I finally read what had taken place and, and, and I was like, wait a second, they can lie to us about this. And I started looking at Sandy Hook and there was a lot of, you know, issues with that shooting incident. Mm-hmm. Now, since 2012, and this this really showed me you know, and this is where I really understood, you know, started to believe that all these mass shootings and these school shootings were, were full of shit. And I'll give you a great example as to why. Mm-hmm. Prior to 2012 in the Smith Modernization Act, in American history, throughout the inception of America to 2012, there were about 118 mass shootings that were recorded. Mm-hmm. 
since 2012 to 2017, 18, that number went from 118, 117 to seven, 8,000. Goodness. That's a significant increase. Um, it doesn't seem exactly. like a coincidence. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, and in my opinion, let's just, uh, you know, and I, I don't want to go too off topic because this is such an important topic, but take a look at what's happening in Australia. Mm -hmm. Australia is, is returned to a penal colony. They are under complete lockdown by their government and military. People are being arrested for leaving their house. They've got attack helicopters flying around their cities. Do you see that in American media? Uh, the, Ron DeSantis gave a speech and kind of talked about it a little bit, but they're not discussing it here in the American media. They're, it's a complete blackout. Mm -hmm. And what is allowing that to take place is because the Australian people have been disarmed. They don't have guns. You can have a hunting rifle in certain areas and things like that, but it's like living in the city of Chicago and New York City. You can't have a gun. Yeah. Okay, these people are disarmed. So whatever the police and the military want to do, these people have no means of, of fighting back against them. They are unarmed. Wow. Yeah. Unlike the American people. The American people here in America, we have, I believe, and I'll have to look up what the true number is as of today, but we have about a thousand guns per soldier so there are a thousand civilians that have guns for every single troop that we have in the military we outgun our government you understand they can't yeah. just come and start rolling through us like like they're doing in australia and sandy hook and these school shootings give a lot of credence to these red flag gun laws which are highly unconstitutional mm-hmm Right. Some some anonymous person. If I don't like you, Bobby, I can make an anonymous tip to the state that you live in. If it has a red flag law, which it most likely does. Mm -hmm. And you will no longer be able to purchase or own a weapon. So they are doing yeah. what they can to disarm the people. I mean, when you start looking at things that were being talked about in 2012. Versus what's being talked about today. Um, let me see if I can find this. Here we go. <clears throat> so in 2012, people may remember the Occupy Wall Street movement. Yeah. Do you remember the end, end, audit the Fed, end the Fed? That is what was the biggest trending topic. And when this, when this act passed, racism started getting pushed. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? Yeah. That's so they changed the narrative completely, and it's only allowed to be done because of the Smith Month Act. That is a great point because yeah, I, you know, I grew up. Um, you know, I'm 33 years old right now. That wasn't too long ago, actually. Uh, Occupy Wall Street, and it did go away that. pretty quickly. Uh, Wall Street got bailed out. Um, that that's that's a really good really good point. Um, I'll, I'll share you some statistics that you can share with your listeners. But yeah, it, it they literally replaced class war with race war. Hmm. And, and since 2012, there has been a massive narrative of race. Yeah. Okay. And I don't buy it. I just I, it doesn't pass the smell test to me. Mm hmm. Right. Now, anybody who likes Obama, okay, I'm sorry that I had to break your bubble about Obama, but let me, I'm going to break our, our Trump listeners. If you guys think Donald Trump is pro-American, let me, let me, let me break their bubble. Yeah, man. Let's, let's go In into 2017, that. 2017, when, when that guy was talking about fake news, this fake news, that he reauthorized the Smith Modernization Act, which gave mm. the government the ability to lie to the American people. Right. He was all, you're fake news, you're fake news, That's fake right. news. But, you know, and this is the problem, though, because people don't understand the power of the media. And television is so impactful 
in what you read and see, I mean, it, it changes people's opinions. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can, I, you know, when you start looking at the statistics for when they replace class war with race war, you can see how it's shifted. So mm-hmm. Donald Trump did the identical thing that Barack Obama did. So when C- he could have ended it. He could have stopped CNN from putting out fake news. He could have stopped Fox from putting out fake news. He could have stopped everybody. Now, it's not just the mainstream corporate media that is fake news. Most likely, your, your, your favorite YouTube podcaster and streamer, yep. they are most likely getting funding from the United States government or one of their agencies. Yeah, yeah. I could name a few, but I'm not going to. Sure, I'll name them all day long. I mean, you can look at uh, Dan Bongino on the on the Republican side. Yeah, Jimmy Dore on the on the left side. These yeah. are people who are well educated. They talk about how other governments propagandize their citizens, but somehow they've never come across this research that I did. Hmm. They're full of shit. Yeah. Because if they were really going to talk about it, all they talk about are the mainstream talking points. And this is what we as a people, in order to end this insanity, okay? Because it's insanity that's taking place. And that's exactly what the propaganda is designed to do. It's designed to confuse, conflate, and displace everybody from each other. And we need to just push that shit to the side and literally sit down I mean, when I talk to anybody of any race or any color, how many people will you talk to, Bobby? Talk to anybody on the street and ask them, hey, do you trust the, do you trust big government? They'll be like, no. Do you trust big media? No. Nobody will ever say that they trust it, but yet they are listening and doing what they're being told. True. Out of either routine or comfort. It, well, it's not. It's actually not their fault because they don't understand that they're being propagandized, and they've been propagandized for longer than they can remember. So, what they believe to be is the truth is literally lies made up by some government agency that's pushed down to um, one of their affiliates, right? CNN, Fox, all these guys. All of them are guilty of this. Yes. And And so people need to take that step back, shut the TVs off for a second and start using common sense. I agree. And people start doing their own research and actually making time to seek out various um, legit resources and databases. Then they'll start to wake up and see that, whoa, the life that I've been living was seriously... And my opinions were constructed. That's um, right. Hundred percent, because the information is actually out there it, for for the time being, and they're they're purging this stuff. And what's taking place in our timeline as we're talking is this information is is really trying to be shut down. Mm-hmm. They don't want you to know this. This is information they don't want you to know because I I have wholeheartedly, I mean, for the last decade, I have been taught almost a decade at this point. Yeah. I have been on a soapbox talking about this. I never heard about it until you brought it up uh, in a conversation one night. I bring it up to everybody. And yeah. it, it's when I, when I talk about this with people, it, you should see, I mean, it's like a, it's like their eyes get glossed over, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. it's so difficult to actually break the the cycle that you've been put under. I mean, it's a spell. I mean, and, and that's what I would call this. I would call this nothing more than a spell that the propaganda uh, enchants people with because I'll tell them like, and I'll show them and I'll, I'll give them the evidence and then a few days later, they're they're back to it. Well, great wording there. Yeah, it most certainly is a a spell that people have of which uh, has been casted upon not only other countries, but since 2012, uh, even before actually, um, on the the U.S. population, people need to wake up quick and start start seeing things with their own eyes. 
rather than just blindly uh, believing what uh, what the, the TV has to tell them because they're living in a lie. It's uh, kind of sad to think about. One uh, ex-coworker once, because I would bring uh, like Department of Defense document, unclassified stuff to work uh, to, to look at and read during my, my breaks. And um, I would... Uh, casually keep the binders uh, open to a page to where uh, in the break room where any other coworker could come in and look at the records, right? So I was talking to a coworker one day and he concluded that, Bobby, I'm just comfortable uh, being ignorant because it's, uh, it's more comfortable that way. Right. I, I'm just more it's comfortable. It's like that movie, The Matrix, right? That guy, remember that guy wants to get put back into the Matrix because he doesn't want to live in reality? And that's where I feel that people are right now. Yes. People, you know, let's, I mean, I'm going to give anybody who's in the Midwest, anybody who's familiar with what's taking place in Chicago right now. Okay, Chicago is a dystopian hellhole right now. Mm -hmm. More children have been killed in the city of Chicago with guns, and, and Chicago has no guns, okay? Mind you, you cannot get a gun in Chicago. Mm -hmm. then, then all the children combined have died across America from COVID-19. And that's with their conflated numbers. That's interesting. But you're not hearing about that. What you're hearing about is, is they're going to claim, oh, it's the guns coming from Indiana and it's the Indiana people doing it. No, it's actually not. Because if you actually go back into 2012, don't forget Obama and Eric Holder got busted doing what was called a program called Fast and Furious. I remember that. Where they were keeping guns, removing the serial numbers. Okay, our government was removing the serial numbers from the guns in giving them to cartels and gang members from Mexico to America. And then they yeah. realized by removing the serial numbers, they couldn't track it. Oops. Well, yeah, we'll never be able to find them again. <laughs> right. Wow. You know, so, yep. you know, this is, this, this is the kind of stuff that we need to, we need to put an end. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that black, white, left, right, whatever, if you're an American, we can you we can find all we have to do is find some semblance of common ground to agree upon. Absolutely. And I think we can all agree that our our tax money should not go to the American government so they can lie to us. 100% agree. Alex, so thank you so much for being on a call to actions. Um, um do you have anything else you want to say before we head off and then we'll um I'll let you give the listeners uh, the uh, information of uh, Lawless FM and how they can access your, uh, your work projects. Well, I, I'm actually going to publish a, a, a multi-part series on the Smith month act that we just discussed awesome. uh, way in depth. It'll be about eight hours, maybe 10 when I'm done with it. Cool. Um, and I've broken it up into a, a multi-part series. Um, and you can listen to that on lawless.fm. But um, it, what I want to say to your listeners is, you know, do your own research. Critically think for yourself because we are at a crossroads right now of humanity. We are either going to go down a technocratic dystopian future or we're going to go back to being Americans again. Yes, and sir. we can all we have to do is find that one little thing to unite us again because we are divided as a people and research the Smith month act for yourself. And when you actually start to see all these people and all the evil players that are in this game, you will not have a problem with your neighbor. You should have a problem with the people that we've elected as our officials. Awesome. Look words. at the budget that we're giving voice of America. You want to end Homelessness, I, I can give you a quarter billion dollars a year out of the Voice of America's budget. We don't need to be giving them any money. All thousand of their employees can go find actual work that is not lying to people. 
Yes, sir. Yeah, their, their audience is two hundred and seventy-eight million dollars. That's just about one dollar of their budget is spent towards every person that is a consumer of Voice of America. Right. Mm. And, this, and this is what we need to put an end to. And these simple things. And I guarantee you, if we end, and I'll I'll end it with this, Bobby. Mm-hmm. If we put an end to the government propaganda, and we can very easily do that, Joe Biden just reauthorized the NDAA for 2021-2022, just, I think it was like a week and a half ago. And if we end this, I guarantee you, watch how fast COVID goes away. True. True. Very true. That's that's a really good way to end this uh, this episode, Alex. Uh, keep me informed on on that uh, video project that you're putting together. And um, it's actually just my, on my radio show. It'll just be on my uh, radio podcast. Oh, cool, cool, cool. That's uh, Alex Hilton, the founder of Lawless FM. You can find his work at Lawless FM. Uh, he's also an open source software. Uh, professional as well uh and don't forget all the music on lawless fm is rock and whatever i found it's mm-hmm. all free and you can download it yourself listen to it offline awesome well i look forward to working with you uh much more uh going here forward alex thank you for your service uh, not only to the american people but uh but to the planet uh, what you're doing is is great and uh, you're an inspiration so yeah i want to give you a high five on all of that. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. Yes, sir. Alex, we'll be talking. Take care.